What's up guys and welcome to another episode of the Life Uncaged podcast. I'm your host Emma Zia and today I'm sitting with the beautiful Matilda Carroll. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> it's an honour to be here. Yeah. So I'm super excited for today because the journey of how Matilda and I actually connected is a very long and strange one. <laughs> so we actually both worked with Chantal Raven. So I was working with Chantal, who was initiating me into being a Tantra practitioner. And Chantal was living with Matilda at the time. We in Bali together throughout the, the things that happened. Yes, yeah. And so Chantal introduced me to Matilda because you've got a very like beautiful <clears throat> online presence. And she was like using you as an example. So I connected with Matilda through there. And then I think, was it recently that you came across my podcast? Yeah, I was just listening to a lot of different podcasts with a lot of different themes that I was working around with masculine and feminine polarity and Spotify, the magical wizard, <laughs> your podcast. And I was at the gym at the time and I think I ended up binge listening to about five episodes. And I was yes. like, this girl is amazing. <laughs> and at the time, I didn't even know that you're in Australia. And yeah. as I was coming back to Australia after living in Bali for some time, I realized that you were living on the Gold Coast and I was visiting the Gold Coast and I just mm. sent you a DM. Yeah. Slid into your DM. <laughs> and I was just like, I'd like to really connect with you. I felt there was a really beautiful connection between us, mm. even though I didn't know you at the time mm. and ended up living in house which is <laughs> the weird part <laughs> I know. And the mutual French ended yeah and I didn't even know you were living in the house yeah. and you were like actually we're going to connect together yeah. and we're living together and it was a beautiful week which has seemed like almost like a year yeah of just deep conversations and rabbit holes and such synchronicities between mm. our lives and the things that we're going through mm. as well, which I feel like is actually a massive thing that's going on in the collective. Like a lot of people are shifting through a lot of commonalities and themes that are really being experienced by a lot of people right now. So mm. hopefully it's stuff that we can share that's going to be really reflective and helpful for your listeners. Mm, absolutely. And we were saying this yesterday, like Tilly and I keep getting into conversations <laughs> that we think might be like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and it's like an hour and a half later, two hours later. And so we really just want to, I suppose, open the conversation, open the space and really just allow you guys to just listen to like what we speak about. And I really want to start by speaking into these collective themes that you mentioned. What are some collective themes that you're seeing that we're going through? Because I think this is really important. Some of my clients or some people I speak to really get like stuck in the personal journey that they're going through. And it's really easy to forget that when you zoom out, you see that there's, we're going through it all together. Like we're not alone in our personal processes. There's actually collective themes and energies that are happening so we can all evolve as a collective consciousness. And so I think even just zooming out and looking at it from that perspective allows us to navigate the turbulence with a lot more, I suppose, relief and a bit of ease. So what themes are you noticing in the collective that are really coming up? Yeah, I've been, obviously, within our industry and within the work that we do, we talk to so many different clients and so many different people. And I reach out to a lot of sisters as well. And we kind of have a really open, vulnerable dialogue with where we're at. And I find that's, like you said, it's a really important thing as opposed to the theme of suffering alone. And mm. that was a post that I actually shared today where we seem to think that we're doing it alone, like you just said, and mm. then there is such a deep relief when we know that other people and it just sort of takes it away from us mm. when we're not like thinking that we're in this alone. Mm. And yeah, there's been a lot of identity shifts, mm. I think is a big one where mm. we're being, like for me personally, I just had a sudden breakup and then decided to suddenly leave Bali. So I've left my home and it wasn't something that I planned. Mm. It was just like, for me, I think, over the years, I've really learned to listen to spirit and if spirit's like, let's do this, as much as my body is like, no, mm. <laughs> I have to really lean Follow into the that. Follow the know that obviously over time, the depth of the trust and the surrender in that really mm. supports me. Mm. But it was like, leave Bali, even though I was like, Bali's my home. And it was like, leave, leave the relationship. The comfortability. Just, yeah, the comfortability. Like, Bali is amazing, as most people know. Mm. And there's so much comfort there. It's also like... Peter Pan land where it kind of feels like you never grow up mm. and there's been this deep shift especially for the feminine to actually step into the wholeness and the fullness and the like the queen energy mm. and it's like universe 
universe is going to keep like the frequency of the universe is just propelling us to mm. move into those places right now so it's like all the things that we're resisting mm. like we're getting into a point where there's actually no choice mm-hmm. and the more resistance we create it's going to also create more suffering like, health issues mm. financial issues i'm observing it with everyone whether they're losing lots of money they're having to leave their businesses mm. and things are just there's so many roadblocks along the way mm. even for me personally it's like the universe has just put me shunted me into this corner i'm having to move back to perth where my family is i haven't spent much time because i've been nomadic for like five six years mm. so i've just not been with my family a lot and that's a common theme where it's like we're being asked to revisit i know so many people that's having to go home especially after being the separation over the pandemic that mm-hmm. we've been away from our homes mm-hmm. and we've been separated from our families and at the mm. core of things the depth of the family conditioning is what's coming up right mm. now. It's all the beliefs and the things that we've literally been born into. Mm. And we're coming into a place of sovereignty where we're not those beliefs and we're not those conditionings. And mm-hmm. we get to choose something different now. And something that we speak a lot about is reparenting, mm-hmm. where we're having to actually do all the things mm-hmm. that our parents weren't able to mm. do for us. And it's a large... Um, that I've been going through as well and just coming to a place of compassion for my parents Mm. and not like blame or anger where they may not have been able to do the things that Mm. (laughs) made me the way I am but from a space that they also did the best that they Mm. could Mm -hmm. and they didn't receive that either Mm -hmm. but this generation now and the frequency of the world right now is like we actually have that choice we have the tools we have the technology we have the support around us to be actually Mm able to parent ourselves the way that our parents never did. Mm. And I think it takes a lot of bravery and courage to be able to look at that part of ourselves unconsciously. That is one of the biggest like breakthroughs for me was me staying in this this realm of familiarity and comfortability and not allowing myself to to grow beyond that because I was still desiring this connection with my mum and my dad. And so there needs to be this permission for us to outgrow our parents. There must be this permission for us to, you know, see our parents as bringing us into the world and like writing the preface of our book, but that we need to go out and write the rest of the chapters. And so how can we have the courage and the bravery to really go back and look at, okay, where is these, where are these um, energy attachments or unconscious um, alignments with our family that are actually keeping us so safe when we want to expand and it's so deeply unconscious that I think that's why it feels so painful because we can be stuck in like well, why am I not growing financially why am I not growing in my business why is my health still like this and you really need to go back to those times in your life like before birth during birth after birth like the first 10 years of your life so how would you like recommend or advise that people could start getting into this work of reparenting and maybe share some of your experiences <laughs> of what you've been through. For those who know me, they know me. I'm a deep motherfucker. <laughs> I lean into everything and that's also not for everyone yeah. either. That's just obviously a lot of my constitution and a lot of my like Leo fire and your Aries fire mm-hmm. as well and a lot of my dark feminine as well. Mm-hmm. But I think just definitely starting from a place, from a place of reflection mm. and then even going back into your home and then there's lots of like coaching tools and techniques that you can use where you look at the beliefs. Mm. It's like looking at the belief systems mm. and that's a good place to start. Mm. And then looking at the belief systems and being like, how do I not want to be repeating that? Mm. So it's belief systems within the family around relationship and just observing how is it that my parents relate to mm. each other? How is it that they relate to money? How is it mm. that they use their money? Or how is it that they show affection to each other? Mm. And like for, for me, my Asian background, my parents were very not affectionate. They weren't affectionate towards me. Mm. I don't think they told me they loved me till I was possibly 28-ish. Mm. When I started, like I was in my own awakening journey where I really had to push it with them. Mm. And that is a part of the process where we actually have to take the responsibility because there's possibly a part of them and sometimes some parents are great. They will mm. look at it at an older age. Mm. And you kind of have to understand from a place of compassion that they haven't been given all the tools. and Different like, generations. They, they didn't have yeah. the internet. They didn't have yeah. the books. They didn't have yeah. the gurus mm. the way that we do now. Mm. And it was a very slow process. <coughs> but mm. it's also 
say my parents are 70 right now. I, I was talking with a friend the other day. It's like 70 years of conditioning. Mm. Like, even the stuff that I'm working through, I'm only working through 36 years of yeah. conditioning. It's like yeah. double, double yeah. that. Yeah. And really, they don't know how to find that within themselves. Mm. And it's like, we get to become the adult. Mm. We get to reparent ourselves. We also get to reparent them. Mm. In a way, I was in a ceremony the other day and something that my mum couldn't do was emotionally like be emotionally available for me she was a great mother and like I love her to bits in the way that she nurtured us and took care of us from mm. a practical way which I think feels conflicting sometimes mm. because you're like I had an amazing childhood mm. and she was there for me but there's this part of you that's that's why it's conflicted. hard to see it yeah and I kind of feel guilty because I don't ever want to say like my mum was a bad mum mm. she was always there for me 100% mm -hmm. in that way mm -hmm. but from an emotional level the way our culture was, was sweep everything under the rug, don't show that you're upset, mm -hmm. don't show fear, don't show like pain. Mm. And it was always teaching me to have this artificial smile on my mm. face. And at, at a certain level, at a certain age, I realized I'm walking around with this fake smile, but the, every part of me inside wants to scream mm. and cry and mm. just be a mess. But it was always taught that that wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. And... I'm finding now that all I ever wanted her to do was hold loving presence for me, for mm -hmm. her to just be there and sit with me on my mm -hmm. bed and allow me to cry and mm -hmm. allow me to be in that. And that's like, a, that's just the thing that we don't in society do, mm -hmm. whether it's like, I'm angry. I'm mm -hmm. going to just go express that in a healthy way, mm. not at other people, but yeah. find healthy ways to express mm. the things that mm. we need, whether it's like, verbally expressing that to someone and expressing your boundaries mm. or it's just like we're not really taught these things like it would be great if we were taught these things in school mm. but there's just a lot of space where things are just shut down and yeah. suppressed and obviously over time if something's suppressed for long enough then it's going to manifest into something that's going to be detrimental mm. to your health to your energy field mm. to what you're attracting to you mm. and that's like sort of the new age thing with manifesting, if you don't go back to the core of the belief, mm. the, the very deep part of you, like you said, in the subconscious, like we may want all this money, we mm -hmm. may want all these like mm -hmm. lovers to come in, <laughs> but at the core of it, the unconscious part of us doesn't believe we deserve mm. it. If we don't look at that, then no amount of vision boards, no amount of mm -hmm. affirmations is really it's gonna just empty. support that. Yeah, yeah. And I think like <clears throat> going back to what you were saying about the identity shift, it's like when we don't feel that it's okay to express those emotions in adolescence and we're not mirrored back. I'm, something I love to speak about is how parents, and I'm so curious to see how this like develops in like parenting, is how the way that we grew up in our generation was that our parents almost molded us into who they thought that they wanted us to be. There was this right or wrong, good or bad. And it was very limiting. And as soon as you say something is right, then you condemn the other as being wrong. Or as soon as you say something is good, you condemn the other as being bad. And we can see this in religion, like, you know, on a, on a mass global scale. That's probably another conversation. But like when our parents don't mirror us and see us as kids, as this authentic expression, and they don't nurture that and encourage that. And instead they say, you know, we have a tantrum and they say, don't cry right now. Or you know, you should be grateful, like stop being upset about this. That says to us that it's not safe to go to that place. It's not safe to feel and express the emotion. And so that's when we create these false identities. And I was very similar to you where in school, because my family was so positive and so bubbly and so loving, which is beautiful, but there's always a flip side to every experience. There's always two sides to the same coin. And so when I was in school, I couldn't, my nervous system couldn't handle conflict and it couldn't handle arguments or drama or gossiping. So when I was around, you know, these girls that were constantly fighting and gossiping and drama and my nervous system couldn't handle it. And I was like, <gasps> so I froze a lot and I, it d eventually developed into social anxiety because I was like, it's safer for me to remove myself from any form of conflict than to actually be in it and, and hold it. So that's something I had to learn through my self-development journey was when I went through the ego death of really letting go of certain parts of my identity, which felt like an actual death, it was in those moments that I was able to retrain my nervous system to hold duality. And I think that's something that's really like prevalent at the moment as we go through these like collective identity shifts is actually how much can I hold? Like people are so afraid to go to those darker places, the lower emotions and things like that. And it's 
I always say to my clients, it's, it's a bad analogy, but it's like a bouncy ball. Like the further you hit it down, the further it can go up. So it's almost like as technology is advancing as well, as the personal development space is advancing, I feel like there's this new permission in our generation to rewrite the story, to rewrite the paradigms. And that's why we're going through so much ancestral healing and like bloodline healing because we're the ones that actually feel like we finally have permission to go to those places but it really comes down to us as the individuals being like i'm ready like i can be the fucking one to actually rewrite the paradigms and stories in my family so i'm going to have the courage and the bravery to go to these places to look at the places that i don't want to look at so i think that's really interesting i wanted to ask you when you were saying about this like queen energy I want to like just speak into that, like as we go through the shift in feminine consciousness, especially in relation to relationships, I love to look at it through the lens of like graduating from a princess to a queen. And I spoke about this in one of my masterclasses the other day is that the princess energy, especially in relationships, is the woman that feels she needs to be saved and she's wanting to be chosen and she's wanting, you know, like if we look at fairy tales, like when we were younger, we were told stories of like the princess, like Snow White that had to be kissed so she could wake up or like Cinderella that had to like, you know, the guy had to come and give her the shoe and like, you know, the typical like princess in a castle that has to be saved by the masculine. And so it's kind of like there's this collective like conditioning around women needing to be saved or to be chosen in order to be accepted, in order to be loved. And I think that that's something really detrimental to us as women. And I'm seeing this like graduation where we're suddenly going from being the princess to being the queen. So I'd love if you could speak into that a little bit, maybe your experience or like what you've seen in clients or the collective. Yeah, and even in just what you said alone in that, the depth of the conditioning, the, the fairy tales we're told as children is what's literally shaping how we grow up as women. Mm. Like we just believe that we're, we're here to be saved. And mm. definitely like I've gone through different stages of that within my own relationships. And it's, it's definitely, it's definitely not a linear path because mm. you go into these spaces where you're single and you're like, I'm a boss. <laughs> and then you go into relationship again. And then that's the beauty of relationship. It mirrors to you the depth mm -hmm. of the conditioning that's mm -hmm. still present in mm -hmm. you where I felt like, two relationships ago I had a really long period of being single I went into celibacy and I just went into a really deep of self-exploration mm. and it was such deep layers that I felt that I went into and then in my last relationship it uncovered a whole nother layer of mm. like codependency and neediness and as you go through the relationships it tends to get less because mm. you also realize it quicker because mm -hmm. you're at a higher level of consciousness mm. but it's all the pieces that you discussed around being able to be there for yourself, but the crux also is not going too much into your masculine and then being like, I'm an independent woman mm -hmm. and I don't need a man. And then that's this really fine line of what we have to cross back and forth mm -hmm, from mm -hmm. because I do go into my masculine, my warrior is really strong. Mm. And even at the start of my last relationship, I was like, I don't want him to pay for anything. I pay for dinner, I pay for the date. And then that's also causing um, polarity issues yeah. as well so it's really hard for us to be in our feminine and in our queen also allow ourselves to be from a, a space of openness mm. and allow ourselves to be looked after mm. from a really beautiful feminine mm. place but then that not come from a needy place it's very hard to navigate that mm. as well but it is a lot of energies like the biggest thing for me was like feeling like I needed to be fully chosen mm. which was a really deep wound that I feel from my dad so it's mm. like women usually have this abandonment mm -hmm. wound where men generally are more avoidant because they're mm. a bit enmeshed with their mums yeah. <laughs> so that's commonalities not yeah. for everyone but for me it was can we actually speak into enmeshment for a second because this <laughs> is like this is such an interesting topic because this this is coming back to like the unconscious definition of love type of you know paradigm is that so it, I mean do you want to explain enmeshment or from my understanding, mm. enmeshment generally, it can, it can play out in different things, whether it's mother and son or mm. mother and daughter, different different um, scenarios. Mm -hmm. But like the best way I can, I can explain it from how I understand it is if there's too much kind of like love and uh, overpowering affection, affection mm. given. So say if it's the mother and the son, mm -hmm. it's like overpowering. Mm -hmm. She kind of puts all her emotional needs onto mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. And then he goes into avoidance stage because he feels every time there's too much love, it's triggering him into an unconscious state of 
I'm not free because yeah. the masculine always wants freedom. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not free. There's too much love. Mm-hmm. This, unlo- this love is unsafe, yeah. technically. Yeah. So then they withdraw. So when and... they meet a woman in adulthood that yeah. is so loving and so open, it's like, my nervous yeah. system can't handle this. Yeah, so yeah. It's, most of it always comes down to our nervous system doesn't feel safe and our nervous system isn't used to it. And mm. to touch on what you talked about before, it's also like our nervous system isn't used to consistent love. Mm. And that's been a big thing mm. for me because my dad was so hot and cold yeah so then majority of my life I've chosen partners who've been hot and cold with me and then mm-hmm. every time someone comes into my life that consistently loves me I'm just like what the fuck is going on yeah. what's wrong with him why yeah. are being this way and I speak into that because I know so many women that do that where they yeah. they finally get someone and it's like we're calling in all these energies of like I want this man but realistically, if you're not the queen when he comes your frequency can't hold mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. your frequency is actually going to deter from it because we finally get all the things we want and then we'll do something to sabotage ourselves Mm -hmm. and it's like we do we keep calling in all these Mm -hmm. things and it's like when it comes can you actually hold that frequency Mm -hmm. and that's what you said before like with the capacity Mm -hmm. the capacity for a man to fully meet us Mm -hmm. in all the things that we want Mm -hmm. and then it's like if we're not in our queen our little girl's gonna freak out Mm -hmm. (laughs) and not be able to hold the capacity of that because in his presence and in his love and what he is able to bring forth in that relationship Mm -hmm. it's gonna confront the deepest parts Mm -hmm. of us and it's Mm -hmm. gonna bring up all the Mm -hmm. shit that we don't Mm -hmm. want to look at Mm -hmm. and if we're not in a space to hold the capacity to just be like hey my nervous system's safe i can actually like Mm -hmm. provide this for Mm -hmm. myself which is touching on what you spoke on before it's like all these things we're coming into a place of self-sovereignty we're coming into a place of inner union where mm. our masculine within us needs to actually hold that space mm-hmm. for us whether it's being consistent with ourselves mm-hmm. so it's the best way i always say is reflect anything that you're asking from your partner or asking from mm-hmm. something say if it's your parent whoever the mirror is just turning it around on yourself so with me i'll use an example it's always, I get men that are inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And it's like looking, it's deep self-reflection. It's mm-hmm. deep, radical, freaking honesty, responsibility, mm-hmm. where it's like, where am I not being consistent mm-hmm. in my life? And for me, I know it's like, I'm not eating consistently. Mm-hmm. I'm like not, like I'm so hot and cold with my mm-hmm. exercise routine, mm-hmm. like showing up to my practice. Mm-hmm. It's like all the things that I'm not being consistent mm-hmm. in my life, how can I do that for myself? Mm-hmm. And whether it's, creating safety for yourself mm-hmm. is it like you're not having boundaries with mm. people is it you're doing things that are constantly mm. endangering you and it doesn't necessarily have to be direct mm-hmm. and it's like a big thing for me is also where am I abandoning myself mm-hmm. like where am I constantly abandoning that's myself that's such a hot yeah that's why men keep abandoning me yeah. so it's being able to just be self-reflective mm. and doing practices especially for women where it's like going into masculine stillness practices mm. we live in a world where everything's so mm. stimulating go, 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 moving stimulating. Yeah. we're on our phones we're on instagram everything's very quick yeah if we're able to at least come every day into a place of stillness mm. be like what's going on inside mm-hmm. and that's been the best practice for me of like mm-hmm. check it out check out what's going on embodied inquiry yeah. yeah and then move it like mm-hmm. rest down and movement which is something we've learned through tantra mm. and it's like allowing that emotion to be expressed mm. fully so then you're not carrying it in your day mm. and obviously over time when it's not expressed fully it's just layers and layers and layers of emotion mm-hmm. and you're just this walking like energetic reactive mm. and anything that anyone does you're just going to be reactive yeah it's bringing up an old wound that you haven't looked at yeah absolutely and I think this is like the next level of relating is going to be to move from the blame game to what is going on inside of me and to not like we as a culture we're so easily like we slip into the avoidance and the distractions and the temptations And it's like, how can you just take a moment before you fall into those behaviors or choices or habits that put you into a disempowered state and just take a moment to be like, what is this person reflecting to me? Like if they're making me feel triggered in some sort of way, then that's my shit to deal with. Like I need to go inwards. And so how can I not go into those avoidance mechanisms and actually sit there and take responsibility and be like, what is this showing me? Because I feel like a lot of people, especially in relationships, like they break up so easily as soon as they're really triggered rather than staying in it and being like, 
you know, relationships are, everything in this reality is based off of our relationship with it. So relationships or relating in general is our tool for expansion. That's what we're here to, to experience. So whenever there's conflict or contrast, it doesn't mean that that's not right for us. It means that there's a learning or a lesson or some sort of invitation for our expansion. So how can we lean into that more and really embrace that? But also from a place of discernment as well, I speak into how I am. I take too much self-responsibility. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, as Chantel teaches me, sometimes they're just an asshole and you actually need to be. <laughs> And mm. it's, it's having clear communication, being able to say, these are my non-negotiables, these are my mm. values. And like, I think talking about that very early in relationship mm. before you actually, because say, which is a really great tantric tool, it's like being able to talk about all those things, which may be uncomfortable mm. at the beginning, but if you clarify at the beginning, mm. you're not going to waste a year, two yeah. years, where maybe they like never want to have kids yeah. and you like a high value of yours is family. Yeah. They're not in like, they're not in compatibility, mm. you're not compatible, but then you're trying to force something and mm. that the, the whole part of like leaning into it kind of doesn't work because then you just kind of mm. have this conversation and then it's quite clear and you're just like, hey, it's actually from a clear space. Mm. We're not going to go into this resentment space and then you can just like leave mm. that relationship mm. from a place of just like peace and understanding mm. yeah it's the emotions that cloud us because yeah. essentially like the the compatibility of a relationship is if you meet each other's needs it's so simple it's do you meet each other's needs in the way you desire them to yeah and the biggest thing that people that i've discovered in relationship is love isn't always going to be the thing that carries you through mm. like love is important but all the other things mm. and that's a big with compatibility, if you're not connected in the consciousness, the heart, and yeah. Animal, yeah, then you actually can't work. Yeah, and you can connect in the heart and really have that love connection, connection and attraction. With them. Yeah, but then if your consciousness say you have different values, mm -hmm. say you want to create legacy and mm -hmm. they want to like just have a family and mm -hmm. live in the suburbs, and if that doesn't connect, yeah, then that doesn't work. And then a big thing that people have is their animals mm -hmm. don't connect. Mm -hmm. So then what ends up happening is they end up being best friends because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. their sexuality. Yeah. And with other people, there's too much sexuality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then their actual consciousness and what they want to create in the world doesn't actually yeah. connect either. So yeah. it's like if you don't have all three, which is kind of a great thing to establish from the start of the yeah. relationship. Yeah, I love that. So let's talk a little bit about Tantra. How did you get into Tantra? And how has Tantra like changed your perspective on relationships and how you relate? So I have deeply delved into kind of every field. So I've been deep in the plant medicine. I've been deep in like Vipassana style meditations, mm -hmm. things like that as well, where it's a lot of different masculine and feminine practices as well. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm always just diving into the places that I feel are unknown for me or the things that I feel are created edge mm -hmm. and after I broke up with one of my last partners I realized how disconnected I was to my sexuality mm -hmm. so me being the manifesting boss <laughs> I put out the energetic beacon and I looked around for quite a while and I just didn't find anyone because obviously tantra and sexuality is such a deep space mm. where you need to you need to like with anything even even with finding a coach you want to mm. find someone that makes you feel safe mm. that you align with energetic match yeah because at the end of the day especially with things like tantra you're gonna end up re-traumatizing mm -hmm. yourself by pushing yourself mm -hmm. into a situation that doesn't feel safe yeah especially when there's a lot of trauma involved yeah so put the thing, put the feelers out. <laughs> and it took me a while, it took like nearly a year. Really? And then um, Chantelle Raven came into my field, everything <laughs> aligned. I ended up at one of her workshops and um, ended up like, didn't speak to her for a while. And then long story short, we both ended up in Bali during COVID and I ended up living with her. Mm. So we lived in the Tantra house, which was, it was dubbed. It was 10 of us in a very big house. That's crazy. That all, we were all tantric <laughs> practitioners. And just going through that space with her mm. was almost like this initiation mm. of just living with her every day. I did my Tantra practitioner course with her. Mm. And it was just like a somatic transmission, just being with mm. her, moving through a relationship, moving through my issues and my traumas. Mm. And yeah. That was mm. how I got onto that path mm. and I'm very blessed and very grateful that, that I got to go into that deep dive. It felt like the time that everyone was in isolation, I was just in this deep tantric mm. dive. Because Vortex. There, was, there wasn't much to do in Bali at the yeah. time, so we were like 
let's just have this intense retreat for <laughs> all of us in the house. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a really beautiful space where Tantra tends to take you into such raw, vulnerable spaces. Mm. Obviously, sexuality is something that's so fragile for mm. people and it's, it's very, like, your body has to feel safe mm. into going to, into something like that. Mm. And I've had a lot of really intense past sexual trauma as well. Mm. So having someone that just can hold you in the, mm. in the rawness, in the messiness. I was mm. going through my relationship as well at that time. So that was bringing up a lot of things for me as well. Mm. And like at the end of the day, sexuality is so shunned. Sexuality is so suppressed. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's right now this things that the theme that we've mm-hmm. been speaking about a lot as well and the theme that's really been coming up in the collective with Pluto retrograde pretty much unraveling all the depths of mm. the secrets within the families mm. within ourselves and there's been a lot of like taboo things mm. that have been coming up for people and really hard to navigate for a lot of people mm. as well but um it's really great that it's actually coming mm. up because it's not being suppressed and it gets to be mm. like experienced in the world. And I think it's something that we sweep under the rug a lot mm. because people don't want to be with it. They don't want to look at it, even mm-hmm. though it's so prevalent in mm. the world. Um, well, this yeah. is the thing is that our sexual energy is our life force energy, yeah. right? So like if we look at it from a collective perspective, the best way to control the population is to suppress sexuality through religion, through organizations, through institutions, through making it a taboo subject, through sex education in schools where it's just focused on like STIs and this and that. And it's not speaking about the sacred union and how, you know, one thing with me experiencing Tantra is Tantra is bringing duality into oneness. It's the oneness experience. And that's essentially what sex is. It's two, you know, polarities coming together and entering oneness. And so through sex, when we have this healthy relationship with our sexuality, we can really access source consciousness. We can access this, you know, like an orgasm is like seven seconds in heaven. It's like seven seconds of ecstasy, but that feeling is pure consciousness. It's in that moment, your ego completely disappears and all the fears and doubts you have disappear and you're finally in this vibration of, of the source origin, I suppose, of like where you came from, which is why it can be very addictive, you know, like sex addictions, or like, you know, being addicted to masturbation, because it's like you enter source consciousness and this oneness and, and you don't have any problems or any fears or doubts in that moment, so it can become a very addictive experience. Um, would you be happy to share like one of your experiences with Tantra, maybe like, an experience that brought something up for you or like maybe one of your biggest lessons or learnings through being in the tantric world? <laughs> I'm trying to find something not <laughs> divulging in other people's experiences as well. Mm. Um, I think generally as a whole, where tantra always takes me is I have to create the safety in my body. Mm-hmm. And it's this, there's this depth of presence you have mm. to be with yourself. Chantal always says, in Tantra, where love isn't present, like the yeah. love through the love making mm-hmm. and the connection you have with that person, mm-hmm. obviously when you're having a proper deep soul connection mm. as opposed to just like genitals, flesh and friction, together, mm-hmm. where love isn't present, it's going to purge out of your mm-hmm. body what isn't love. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's so much in our bodies a lot of the time if we haven't experienced any sort of mm-hmm. like deep love in that mm-hmm. way and obviously we're either exposed to pornography or the church. Mm. So it's like in one way there's fear or mm. there's like a really distorted version. It's like of excessive in porn and yeah. In. So it's like whenever we're with someone and you're in that deep union of love, stuff starts coming up mm. in your body, whether it's anger or fear or pain mm. or, or trauma mm. and it's allowing yourself to be with it. And mm. then when you're witnessed, so the deepest healings mm. I've had, whether it's been in plant medicine or anything like have been in deep states of lovemaking where you're witnessed in your shame or mm. you're witnessed in your pain where obviously you have to be with someone that can hold That's that conscious space enough. for it yeah. and conscious and understands it where I'll just go into the depths of the fullness of my feminine where I'll go into full rage states mm. or I'll go into like screaming sometimes mm. it sounds like I'm giving birth mm. and it's the full acceptance of yourself mm. in that because I realise that the sounds I make don't sound like a porn. Mm. Like we mimic a lot of things mm. like that where we think we need to be in these beautiful yeah. like, <laughs> sexual states and yeah. writing. And sometimes it's not like that. Yeah. Sometimes it's really yeah. fucking messy. Yeah. Sometimes like 
like you want to cry or you mm -hmm. want to scream or like it's just allowing the whatever is there to be there. whatever's there mm -hmm. and giving acceptance and love and validation for what is there yeah and they've been in so many different states and it's also like I guess a lot of the spiritual jargon where it's like you have to be all love and light mm. sometimes I've had to go into four states where I've just had to fully state the non-spiritual side yeah. and say all the things from yeah. just like saying all the profanities yeah. that I need to say for the times that I was angry for the times I didn't mm. say no for the times my body was a full fuck no but mm. my mind was like so conditioned to be like the people pleaser or I have to say yes to that he likes me yeah. and I want him to continue liking me and chase, still chasing that love and mm. acceptance and validation but then not tuning into my body and my body being a complete like fuck mm. no and then that creates the disconnect and it's also like your body becomes like I don't because then you, you mistrust yeah, yeah your body's yeah. like I don't trust you you're putting me into all these yeah. dangerous states and I've had to go into really deep altered states to relive every time where even I thought I was a yes, but I was a complete no. Yeah. And it's like having to relive that through my body and it's such a somatic experience mm. kind of like in our head. We're like, oh, I think I was a yes, but mm. our head kind of lies to us a lot of the time mm. and we're making decisions from a place that isn't fully embodied. Mm. Um, and I think Tantra takes you into a, such a deep space of like being in the body mm. and then sometimes that, that leads to like forgiveness. Like mm. you have to forgive yourself mm. or forgive the... 17 year old you yeah. <laughs> all those boys yeah and it's really that's the comes back mm. into the reparenting as well because mm. you're like also the teenage yourself that made all those mistakes yeah even the, the 20 the 20 something yeah version of you as well mm. even the you last week maybe yeah <laughs> and it's a continual process where we have to check into our body mm. and it's like check into the body and it's like is that a yes mm. and a lot of the times we have we try to override mm. it because of our old conditioning mm. And this is the thing, like even like getting a bit into the graphics now, like if a woman isn't getting wet when she's engaging in like a sexual experience with someone, it's because her body's not saying yes. Yeah. And then you use lube to kind of like yeah. cover up and be this artificial, like, oh, we'll use lube. And it's like, no, like if you're not getting wet naturally, your body is saying no, there yeah. is like a blockage there. Okay. And if you're not orgasming through penetration, there is a blockage there. There is this lack of safety for you to surrender and fully be into it. And that was like a really big learning experience that I found like through my awakening journey was, was that inability to fully surrender and feel safe in the masculine. And so that was coming out in how I couldn't orgasm through penetration, which was crazy for me. Um, I keep... <laughs> it blows my mind the crazy part of how many women that I speak to that have never orgasmed yeah. or, or not orgasmed in like cervically or full body let alone cosmically mm. may orgasm through like uh clitorally mm -hmm. with like toys and things like that and then they have the narrative yeah. of is there something wrong with me yeah. like why can some girls do it and i can't and it's just yeah and it's just naturally like you said it's the depth of the safety in the body and chantelle always says it takes 20 minutes for a woman to warm up mm. and if a guy isn't giving his full presence mm. like it takes 20 minutes for her body to just soften mm -hmm. and feel safe because we open sexually yeah. through the heart space yeah. right so we need to feel safe that we can fully open up in our heart yeah. before we can open up in our yoni and like sexually and a guy like pretty much lives from his dick so he's just ready <laughs> he's the other way around yeah he opens from his yeah. dick space so it's like if you actually want to like arouse a man and like you actually have to go from a yeah. sexual kind of way so yeah. women just need that to then open his feelings yeah. yeah we live so closed in our hearts generally whether it's sexually or just being hurt mm. so we're, we're holding so much armoring around mm. our hearts and if that's not actually opened and softened mm. then we're never going to be able to open sexually. yeah and that's the thing like if you look at it from like an energetic perspective if you're like if we look at the energy centers or the chakras as some people call it like if you're in a state of survival and a state of fear, it's impossible to open your heart space because all of your energy is going to be focused on like your root center. Like there's going to be such a block there and it, then there will be a block in your sacral, which is the femininity, the sensuality, the creativity. And then there'll be a block in your solar, which will be, you know, the personal power, the ability to stand up for yourself. And so if you're living in survival, whether you're like super stressed at work, whether you're like in hustle mode or whether it's like survival from like past sexual trauma or I think one really important thing to mention as well is I think a lot of women hold sexual trauma but not necessarily like overt sexual trauma where there's actually been a physical instance but it can be like energetic you know yeah. sexual trauma so like covert um is there something you want to share on that I felt your energy 
no like like just adding on to what you said there's so much as as much as there's armoring within our heart there's armoring within our yoni as well mm. it's just to allow that like if we've had any sort of it could be also covert mm. or anything is like if you think about it it's like something's coming yeah. into you yeah and if there's been any times even like a really kind of gray areas when women are having sex with their partner mm. which gets really confusing because sometimes it may be your partner but you don't want to be having sex yeah. at that time or your body is feeling closed or there's things going on yeah with you. but there's this part of our mind that's like it's our partner so we have to say yes to them it's yeah. not necessarily in like a direct mm. like someone's attacking me mm. and forcing sex upon me and mm. it's not against anything against the partner as well mm. but it's like knowing ourselves and when that energy is blocked, like it's it's referred to in Tantra mm. as Kundalini energy. Mm. Like you said, it's your life force. It mm. flows through your whole spinal mm. central column and it's literally like what connects you to God. Yeah. And when each one is blocked, we're like blocking, we're blocked here, we're blocked in the heart, mm-hmm. we're blocked in the throat. And it's it like can't we flow. have no connection, mm. there's no flow and there's actually no connection to the upper mm. realms either. Mm. How do you feel like, when you were saying that, I was thinking, you know some couples that schedule sex like every Tuesday night, 7 p.m., like we have to schedule it because maybe they feel that they're not having sex and they're like, well, if we schedule it, then we'll, then we'll have it. But what if that's the thing, like in that moment, if you're not ready for it, if you're not wanting it, if you're not feeling open to it and you feel like you have to do it because it's scheduled in, there's this like your body is going to be saying no, like there's going to be some sort of rejection and you're like holding that energy and receiving that energy from your partner. So what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> I, I've played around with this because I've had to do it because I've been with a partner who's been very busy mm. and if I didn't schedule it then it just wasn't going to mm. happen and I really like struggled with it because my Leo loves spontaneity yeah. and passion and romance yeah. but then with one of my coaches she was just like scheduling is also him saying like this is the time that I'm giving you but mm. then it's, it's also kind of like a dance because he actually has to show up for it mm. and he knows it's happening. So from his part, he has to fully show up in full mm. presence as opposed to he may not be present if you're mm. like trying to be all spontaneous and everyone has things going on in their lives yeah. and they have kids and things like that. I'd say in that circumstance, there still needs to be what ended up happening for me was he needed to hold me for 15 minutes mm. prior to anything mm. happening, hold me in just a non-sexual mm. way where he got out of his work mode mm. and went into a full presence mm. to just be there for me, mm. create safety for my little mm. girl. And then other things could happen. Yeah. And also, if it didn't happen, it was also okay because mm. intimacy for women can look many yeah. different ways. And sometimes he just like would give me a massage mm. or something like that where yeah. it didn't need to be necessarily penetration. Yeah. Um, so it can look different for different people. I, I have had to lean into that and realize that that does work mm. like actually the scheduling because mm. I guess some people's lives get so mm. swept up in other things that it yeah. can't and there was a part of me that was just like being like a no I just yeah to be spontaneous yeah but also like it's the intention behind yeah, it's it the intention mm. and it was the level of him being like I'm creating this mm. space which then made me feel safer and then he had to actually show up for that mm. as well so I think for people that have lives like that, then that does actually work. Mm. Um, And it's a constant communication. Mm. It's constant openness. Mm. And it's like the relationship will get stale if it is this like repetitive Mm. every Tuesday night. Yeah. Because you're sort of like waking up as the same person every day. Yeah. Actually being like, how is it that I feel? Yeah. Tonight we just want to like cuddle and hold each other Mm. or watch a movie or something Mm. like that. Because intimacy can look many different ways. Yeah. And it doesn't need to. It's continuing to have that open dialogue with someone and checking in with yourself as well. Mm. Because otherwise, whether it's sex or anything else, life just gets monotonous mm. and we're literally running around the hamster wheel. Doing mm. the same shit every day. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And I think what you said about like when you were saying about communication, like being so honest, like in that moment, if you don't feel safe to like go into sex, then then communicate it and like have the bravery to be like, cause I think it's almost like you don't want that person to feel rejected or you don't want to feel rejected. But when you're in a conscious relationship and you approach it from that way, yeah. sex becomes from like a performance or like an outcome oriented experience to we're engaging in healing energy. Like whatever is going to come up is going to come up. Whatever is going to be is going to be. And 
whether that's communication without the actual act of sex, and that's exactly the conversation we needed to enter for our own growth and healing, then that's what it is. Yeah, and you find that once you go into that space of vulnerability, like seeing someone in vulnerability ends up being the massive turn on. And yeah. Things just end up happening. Yeah. So obviously for women, when you're in vulnerability, you're opening your heart. Yeah. And if you're being seen in the vulnerability, mm-hmm. it actually allows you to open and soften. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that it's women that don't want to have the sex sometimes. But it's usually yeah. sometimes women. Yeah. But if, if she's just being seen in like, hey, this happened for me today and yeah. this is how I'm feeling. If he just, all men need to do, like the biggest secret <laughs> for men to just know to be exceptional lovers is loving presence. All you need to do is be present. Yeah. Be yeah. present with her. Be present in the way you touch mm-hmm. her. Be present in your energy. If you're thinking a million things, mm-hmm you're at work, you're like thinking about what you need to do next mm-hmm. week, then she feels that mm-hmm. we are just feeling bodies. Mm-hmm. And we feel that you're not here and yeah. we don't feel safe. Yeah. So it's so like sometimes black and white. You just mm-hmm. like be present with yourself. And it's the ability for a man to be present with himself is how present he can mm-hmm. be in his own body. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if he's present in his body when he's touching you, he's yeah. present with you. Yeah. And we feel that. Mm-hmm. And then that allows us to sort of be in that because mm-hmm. we feel when they're like off somewhere yeah. and whether they don't trust themselves. Exactly. I feel that a lot when guys touch me and they don't trust touching yeah. me. I'm like, I can feel that you yeah. don't trust yourself. Yeah. And that just sort of puts you off as well. Yeah. So that's literally all they need yeah. to know. They don't need to know techniques. Yeah. They don't need to know yeah. other fucking secrets. Like, just be present. Yeah. And for a man, it's just like, be in meditation, mm. be in stillness, be in your shiva, be connected to be the witness. everything. Mm. Be the witness in it all. Mm. When you witness, you see... The way her body moves, mm-hmm. the way she's breathing, you're yeah. able to attune into that. Mm. And that's the, the depth of the presence. If you're able to do that, it's literally yeah. like the biggest secret that you'll ever I uncover. know. <laughs> Isn't it so crazy? I think I spoke about this on my Instagram last year and I was like, guys think that they need to show up in a certain way to like make us feel a certain way. And it comes from more of that performance place of, oh, I'll take you here. Or I'll do this. Or like when we just want to be seen and heard, they try and fix our problems. And it's like, we don't need you to fix our problems. Like as a woman, I think we just have this desire to be seen, heard and understood. And that's it. Like we just want to have space that we can express and just be seen and witnessed in that. And all you have to do as the man is just hold unconditional loving presence. Like like we said before, it's just like, from porn like most of the thing, mm. most of guys learn stuff from porn that's yeah. just the reality where it's like this is what it looks mm-hmm. like he's doing this mm-hmm. and he's doing all these mm-hmm. moves and mm-hmm. flipping her around and she's yeah. squirting everywhere and it's just like for women we feel this pressure that we need to be doing that they, yeah they need they feel they need to be doing that and the biggest thing you can do is take the agenda out of everything 100 percent. and yeah. come into a place like some of my most profound sexual experiences have been nobody's moving mm. like the intensity of the energy of the presence he's not moving i'm not moving mm. i'm going into full body orgasm and no performance was mm-hmm. required mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah and that's when it becomes a very healing practice and that's yeah. when you become one so for any couples that are listening or anyone that might be struggling with like intimacy how would you because this is one thing that I see so common with women is this block to intimacy and being seen in their vulnerability. So what could you recommend that they could do to start to open that? I think just starting from a place of even communication, from speaking your desires, because I think realistically, men are like puppies. They actually always want to please us. Mm -hmm. And we have this unrealistic, like speaking on behalf of women, we have this unrealistic <laughs> expectation that we want them to like be able to take us to all these places, yeah. but we're really unwilling to express our needs <laughs> and desires. We, we, we say in an indirect way and expect yeah, them to pick up on the clues. Yeah, we expect them to be doing all this stuff, but we don't actually, mm. we're not very clear yeah. about it, and that tends to be a way. So it's like having, creating like a beautiful sacred space and then speaking might be really like, when I first started, it was really difficult for me because one, I actually didn't know myself. Mm. I didn't know how I liked to be touched. Mm. I didn't know how like the way I liked to orgasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I had to go explore that kind yeah. of with myself through to know what you want and need and in, a, in, mm. a, in a space that wasn't emotionally charged. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, this is how I like to mm-hmm. be touched. This is like how like Yoni likes to be touched and I'd suggest that for women, definitely, from having, like, a female practitioner or yeah. someone that they feel safe with to actually know what it is that they want mm. and then create that space with their partner to be able to actually express it mm. on a verbal level and be like, this is what I desire, whether mm. it's, like, maybe it's, like, some sort of fantasy that you have or yeah. something that you want to play out and whether it's something super simple. Yeah. Um, 
and then I think the easiest part is like if you have that relationship with them mm. being able to go there mm. and I think that's like desire is such an interesting topic and again I spoke on this the other day like I do think it's there's a lot of conditioning that women feel that they can't feel and express what they truly desire. And you can look at that like generationally, like there was a time not that long ago where we couldn't vote, we couldn't get education, like we couldn't work, like our voice wasn't even legitimate in society. If we wanted to voice something, we had to go through the man for it to be voiced. So we've really lost our ability to be like, this is what I want and I'm gonna go, go get it from a place of integrity not from a place of I'm not good enough or I need to prove anything just because we we don't feel worthy of our desires or actualizing our desires and I think one thing that I've been exploring recently is allowing all desires to exist like in a relationship I think that's such a powerful place to be and again it's that conscious relating of if you're in a relationship for example and you have a desire to be with other men or be with other women or you have a desire for some sort of sexual fantasy or fetish or like something, like just allow it all to exist, knowing that you don't have to take action on your desires, but you have a safe space that you can express it because there's a learning there. Like whatever we desire, like especially like sexual fantasies, like I love like decoding them and being like, well, what's the thing that you're craving? Like it might be presenting itself as, I don't know, like a threesome or an orgy or something like that or public sex. And it's like, yeah, there's that, that craving there, but what is that showing in your unconscious mind that you feel that there is a lack of? Because you don't necessarily need to take action on that desire. You can just become aware of it and then do the integration work and be like, what is lacking in my life and how can I reintegrate that within myself? And then you'll notice that that desire or that fantasy will dissolve and it won't have such a hold on, on over you. So I think being in a relationship where you can be conscious enough to just express your desires without going into, I feel rejected or I'm going to run away or I feel abandoned or I'm going to distract myself or something like that. That just creates such a powerful container for growth. Yeah. That's a massive thing within relationships because there's such a shame and usually if it's like a guy has a certain fantasy and he doesn't want to express it because of the shame and yeah. he possibly feels around it, that ends up being a perpetual shadow that ends up existing yeah. within him and then he ends up sort of expressing it in really shadowy yeah. ways or that tends to be how like cheating comes yeah. about as well. When, and like you said, if they just express it from a space of like, hey, this is kind of what I'm feeling and I don't feel shame around yeah. it, it tends to dissipate because yeah. you've been witnessed in your shame. And then You're just open about it. Yeah, the shame can't exist. Most and, of the time, yeah. like, they don't need to necessarily experience it. Mm -hmm. They've just sort of expressed that that's mm -hmm. kind of how they feel. And like you said before, women coming into their queen is using their voice like mm. so much throat chakra right now like I've had this phlegmy cough and yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like yeah. what are we not saying yeah. how are we not expressing ourselves and even like yeah. going back to like like the witch trials we were taught that if yeah. we spoke up we literally would be killed yeah and that's just like yeah. deep within our DNA and it's our like cells remember that's that. all getting to mm. like die that paradigm of being suppressed by the patriarchy mm. which isn't a space of like women are better than men it's actually like we get to rise together and mm. men have their own bunch of things that they're suppressed yeah. around as well mm. so it's like this whole shift of this golden age where men and women get to rise together mm. and i've seen that's why there's been a lot of breakups yeah a lot of breakups <laughs> recently yeah and, and then people having to deeply find themselves mm. without their conditional patterns mm. like for me it was I put all my energy and time into the relationship mm. and then I wasn't really forgetting about the things I was passionate yeah. about and the things I wanted to create yeah and it was literally like diffusing my yeah fire mm. and then that just didn't work and it's just like coming to a space of like understanding where we actually just had to separate because our souls needed to like fully yeah. focus on ourselves because yeah you kind of go into that enmeshment and that codependency yeah. in relationship where you're kind of like giving your whole self mm. but then if you're not full in yourself and you're not complete within mm. yourself you're kind of giving from an empty cup yeah so it's like the universe is really pulling people apart mm. to just be like this is your path this is your alignment mm. this is where you need to go to like fully find yourself yeah. and break from the conditions of most of it does come from like the family patterning yeah and the woman fully giving herself to the relationship and like giving up her career and giving up her dreams and aspirations and mm. it's it's moving into a space now where we're forced to just like be with ourselves and reflect yeah. the things that we actually really want mm. in life and know mm. that we can get them now as well yeah I, th I think that's a really important point is to give ourselves permission to have it all 
as well because I think women have always been in this trajectory of like having to choose like business or relationship business or relationship and it's like well how can we create such a beautiful like inner world where we can hold both of those identities yeah. we can be the boss in business and we can also be in our feminine in our in our relationship and we can coexist in that um what would you say for people that are going through a really hard time with breakups because there are so many breakups <laughs> how would you or like what would you say to someone that's really struggling being able to get themselves back together to move on i had a really beautiful conversation with a girlfriend who's traversing the same things that I am this morning and I said something really like powerful to her which is call back your power call back mm. your energy all the like the most powerful thing that I've done in my recent breakup was have complete disconnect because mm. people don't realize that you break up and you're physically not together but there's so much entanglement in entanglement intertwining which can last for like 10 years mm. realistically if you're not doing anything about it yeah which I've noticed with some of my other exes which I'm having to untangle now and deeply looking at myself and being like, where is the power still going, whether that's in relationship or choices you're making in life. And having that disconnect time where we've had completely no contact, like blocking off everything and it allows me to come back to myself because you're so it's that leaky energy. Time. So you don't even know where you end and that other person begins. So it takes a lot and it's really yeah. difficult. But it's like putting yourself out is actually gonna be like this Avoiding this long-term yeah. because you're going to be so intertwined yeah. for so long. I think doing something like that and really just calling back your power and not like worrying about what they're doing mm. and it's that real queen self-sovereignty power. Mm. It's like focus on yourself. Mm. Like I noticed a shadow I have is I avoid myself by focusing on what mm. he's doing and I'm just like, just focus on what you're doing. Yeah. Like every yeah. time I like give my energy away to be like, mm. what's he doing? Yeah. Is he doing his practices? Is he yeah. going back into old patterns? Is like, he with another woman? Is like, he with other women? Like mm. I feel that. Like mm. obviously it takes time for you to have that self-realization yeah. about yourself. But every time I'm doing that, I'm like, what am I not doing that's not bringing me joy? Yeah. Like where am I not finding that with my sisters or why am I not doing things within my life mm. that make me feel like complete and whole? Mm. And I read a post today about, do you want to be happy or do you want to be full? Mm. And we get very distracted mm. in trying to constantly find pleasure in our life because we're trying to avoid pain. Yeah. And, but then some of us are also perpetuating in the pain. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, hey, there's actually like happiness and like fullness and joy that's also available for yeah. us. But we're like really stuck in the pain cycle yeah. and the suffering cycle. And yeah. once you come out of that, it's also like the the analogy you just used with the ball. Like yeah. <laughs> the ball needs to like, we need to go to the deepest, darkest yeah. depths of our pain, which is sometimes what that gift is that that person, only a person that's so freaking close to you that you're so mm. connected in the heart space can catalyze these massive outbursts. Yeah. Like I always say there's a certain soul contract that someone makes with you beyond before we even come into mm. our human selves. Mm. And the contract is that they love you so much mm. that they're going to be the person that completely mm. breaks you for you to have that massive evolution mm. in your life. Mm -hmm. And when you look at it from that perspective, it really shifts the hate or the yeah, hate you have yeah. towards someone, whether that's a parent or a partner. Yeah. And it's just like their soul has contracted to be the person that completely obliterates yeah. your heart. But yeah. then for you to suddenly go, hey, I'm actually willing to make a change now. Because yeah. if it's not, you just keep repeating and you keep mm -hmm. doing the same shit. You keep being in the same relationships mm -hmm. and you don't ever actually make a change. Mm. So you need that real heart shattering moment yeah. sometimes to be that catalytic reaction to yeah. move it to something else. your own else. expansion. And like for me, it was the last that I was just like, I'm done. I don't mm. really want to repeat. I don't want to repeat. This <laughs> I'm done with this pattern. pattern. Yeah. I was just like, I'm done. Yeah. It hurts me so much. It takes me through so much like distraught pain. Yeah. I just don't want that for myself. And that's a, that's like coming into like choosing yourself mm. where it's like, I keep relying on someone else to choose mm. me, but I'm not choosing mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And in this moment now I'm fully hundred percent committed mm. to choosing me. Yeah. And once you have that energy and you hold that frequency within yourself, you're obviously going to attract someone yeah. else that's choosing themselves. Yeah. And you guys get to come together yeah. as two whole units instead of two wounded yeah. half units. Yeah. And that gets to be the sacred union. Yeah. That's the energy we're going into right now, like sacred union, mm -hmm. sacred partnerships, literally like the people that are going to revolutionize this yeah. world. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I think that's the thing of like, 
with <laughs> that just distracted me. <laughs> Fuck, what was I gonna say? <laughs> um Oh yeah, the thing is with relationships is it's kind of what we were speaking about, like with sex, is it's this like coming together. Like love is the energy of taking something as yourself. So when you love someone, you're taking them as a part of you and they're taking you as a part of them. So when there's this breakup, there's just this huge loss and, and grieving because it's like you finally feel separation again. And as you were saying, like we can lose ourselves in relationships. So when we're separate, it's like, well, I don't know myself outside of this relationship. So I don't know where to start with bringing myself back together. And that's when we get into these detrimental patterns of going back to the ex or keep messaging the ex or keep trying to like get attention, sorry, get attention from the ex. (laughs) And it's like, when you were talking about this, this wounding, I spoke about this the other day of like, those electric connections that feel so like there's such a strong attraction and pull is more likely the fact you're relating through trauma you're relating through projection base and then when you have those i believe that when you actually meet that soul partner that it's going to feel more like coming home and it's going to feel like you're two separate entities and then you create this third identity of the relationship and it's not that you're relying on each other or you're codependent on each other for that love and that connection you're actually just two holes that are coming together and creating this other entity. But it takes time to get there. There's a evolution and a graduation process to get there. And I think this is, I think a lot of people confuse that strong attraction with this is my soulmate. This is the one that I'm supposed to be with. And I see it so often (laughs) and I've experienced this myself. And it's like usually that attraction, like just check in with yourself. Is there something like, am I loving what I've lost within myself? Is there a part of me that I've suppressed that this person is reflecting back to me, which is why there's such a pull because I'm finally reunited with this part of myself that I've psychologically suppressed and it's in my shadow when they're just reflecting it back to me. And I think being able to decipher that also helps with with breakups is being like, what did this person represent to me? Was it adventure? Was it passion? Was it safety? And how can I start to cultivate that within myself? So I can stop relying on them to be the source of that thing that I feel that I've lost. And I think that's like a really important part of the the heartbreak. Yeah, we like to call that the wound mate. Yes. (laughs) So there's the soulmate, but then there's the wound mate, which doesn't get discussed a lot. And the wound mate is that high level of chemistry. Mm. Because what's happening is there's that that magnetism and then it ends up being the push and pull, which is like, just simple physics yeah. essentially because obviously our body's made up of just like magnetism mm. and all our cells are just constantly getting attracted to something mm-hmm. that also is like on a soul level we're going to be attracted to someone that's going to create healing for yeah. us and I genuinely feel that if it's a soulmate sometimes people are like oh I don't feel really attracted to them yeah. in that sense 100%, then they get yeah. confused with that yeah. because I think if your body is in a state of ease and your your whole nervous system's mm. relaxed and there's not mm. like these fireworks happening, yeah. that's actually like possibly your soulmate. Yeah, yeah. And generally, like when I talk to people that are in really beautiful, loving relationships, they're just like, oh, I saw them and we didn't really like each other. Or yeah. We just were passing by yeah. and we just started hanging out and they're like, that's kind of more the relationship mm. that, that we're just not used to and our, mm. our nervous system's not used to it either so mm-hmm. we're still chasing that like high level that stimulation yeah. yeah yeah it's so interesting <laughs> i'm so i'm so happy we, we spoke into that um is there anything else as we kind of close out this episode is there anything else you feel that you want to share to maybe help people if they're going through breakups or if they want to go deeper within themselves the relationship with others relationship with life itself is there anything maybe that you just want to impart? Anything that's coming through? <laughs> um, yeah, just like what we spoke on before, I think this period of time right now is just about radical alignment and radical honesty with yourself. Mm-hmm. I think our minds tend to trick us and mm. the archetype of the trickster is mm. very prevalent right now because we're in such a space of propulsion Mm. where all the parts of us are in such deep resistance Mm. and it's the ego that doesn't want to die Mm. so then sometimes we think it's intuition but it's really the ego yeah we were speaking about that the other day yeah said to not do that and then that's also like we're kind of lying to ourselves yeah i get this with a lot of my clients in Canberra where they're just like a few days before they're like 
I feel like my intuition, it's kind of like we use the spiritual mm. lingo. They're like, oh, the intuition's telling mm. you this. That's what we were speaking about. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I see this every time. Yeah. And it's like the part of your ego that wants to die. And that's the identity. Because mm-hmm. in, in the feminine, we go into the mystery and the unknown. And that's the part of us that scares, we're scared shitless of. Mm-hmm. And it's like this whole place we have to step yeah. into where there's no certainty. There's no like groundedness. We're just like, I don't know what's there. Yeah. And it's like the beauty of the dark feminine that gets to go, I'm going to step into this yeah. space of unknown. Yeah. And I guess that's the parts a lot of us are scared to step into. Yeah. And in that space, what we need to do is go into the frequency of courage. Because mm. if, if you've heard of like the scale of um, consciousness, yeah. once we hit the frequency of courage, mm-hmm. after that mm. is actually like the higher level, like mm. higher level frequencies of mm. higher emotions. Mm. So it's like, Facing yourself in the courage every time. And that's time, the hardest step. The leaning into yeah. It. yeah. And it is. The leaning in is always the hard part for yeah. the majority of people. But it's also like, it's also the self-love piece because you're like, am I choosing this for myself? Mm. Am I choosing to remain in the shit that I'm in essentially? Yeah. So yeah. it's like deep self-love is required to be able to to step into that courage mm. every single time. And mm-hmm. I face it in medicine every single time. I'm just like, no, no, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like... It's the softening. It's yeah. the softening of the feminine and knowing that your feminine is so strong even in the softness. Mm. And the strength is actually in the softness. Mm. And the paradigm of the world shifting right now is that we don't have to be in the mm. penetrative masculine energy yeah. of the fighting and the, yeah. the wars. Yeah. That's so like seen. Mm. And it's like the power of how the world is going to heal right now is in the softness of the power mm-hmm. of the feminine. Mm. That's the thing is like the fight for the feminine has already happened like with the first wave of feminism the second wave the third wave and that was all necessary to get us to where we are now with that fight of like we need to have a voice and speak up but now it's coming from such a different place of like the fight has happened and now it's these invitations how much can I have the capacity to love right now what's my capacity to surrender in this moment what's my capacity to have courage to say yes or to say no and it's in those moments that we really start to rewrite the collective consciousness and we start to take a new path which is so exciting so I want to close out by I want to celebrate you (laughs) because obviously you've just been in you know we've only connected like in the last couple of weeks but I think like your dedication and commitment to the work, to going into the deepest, darkest places of your soul is just so beautiful to witness and it's so powerful. And, you know, coming into my life, I think you've really allowed me to, it's like been an invitation to go deeper within my own leadership and my personal power. And I've always felt such a strong, like medicine woman connection with myself. And I think you've actually opened that door for me even wider because I think it's, it was just you aligning with me is is just an invitation I think it's just so beautiful and the way that you hold space is so powerful and just the way that you see the world the way that you're like helping women and it's so powerful and I really just want to celebrate you in your all this and in your queen (laughs) energy um and how can people connect with you if they want to connect um probably just find me on instagram which is I am Matilda Carroll I'm sure it'll be in the links yes yeah amazing and if anyone listening if you did kind of get any if any of this was beneficial for you just shoot Matilda or myself a dm let like let us know what came through for you so we can know how the transmission has landed for each and every one of you and thank you so much that's a wrap